So I thought I was the queen of Airbnb. Check the profile. I visited all the places. However, how can I truly be a queen if I have never been a host? Didn't even think about it, y'all. It's time to think about it because my place is cute. Why not share? I know. I got you thinking about it now. All right. Well, don't think about it. Be about it. Find out how you can be a host at airbnb.com slash host. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Westlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to QLS Classic, episode 123, without be sure, from February 20th, 2019. Uh, one of the proprietors of the New Jack Swing movement came to break bread with us to share stories of his journey as an upstart from Mount Vernon to damn near getting arrested for simply causing riots wherever he stood. Can you imagine that? Cops trying to jail you for making all the ladies swoon? Well, all that and more on the next I'll Be Sure QLS Classic Part 1. Let's go. Suprema, su, su, Suprema Roll Call. 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 Turn up the fader. Yeah. Night now, not later. Yeah. Quest Love is chilling. Yeah. With a Sony Innovator. Roll call. Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. Can I do it? Suprema. Suprema. I do it. My name is Fonte. Yeah. Everybody don't laugh. Yeah. Cause I came to watch you. Yeah. Take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> Sugar, yeah. The record shows, yeah. I took the blows, yeah, and did it my <laughs> way. Suprema roll call, deep cut. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Boss Bill is here, yeah, for another QLS show, yeah. Don't want your girl turned out, yeah. Better tell her hit the road. Roll call, Suprema, Suprema roll call, Suprema. Suprema roll call. It's like Yeah. And worry no more. Yeah. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. It's Alvin Shore. Roll call. That was actually Suprema. a rhythm. <laughs> Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Quest Love. Yeah. His name. Yeah. Crazy drugs yeah. is his game. Roll call! Suprema! Show's over! Suprema roll call! 
Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. Suprema, su, su, Suprema. Yo, man, like if I believed in picking up phones and answering machines, that would be my outgoing. <laughs> and the show is over, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Thank you for calling Questlove. No one's in right now, so please leave a message after the tone, and he'll get back to you when he feels like it. <laughs> yeah, man. I got a deep voice, I'll be sure, too, man. News at 11. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to another road trip edition of Questlove Supreme. Uh, we are still in California. We'll be uh, here for the rest of the year. Yes, we'll be here for the <laughs> right. <laughs> road trip. We're spending uh, life out here. Uh, where are we at, Steve? Sit- we are at East West Studios, uh, formerly Western Recorders. Uh, That's what this building was. Yeah. Okay, home of Frank Sinatra and Pet Sounds. Yes, we're looking at the infamous uh, Frank Sinatra uh, podium. Podium. Yes. This whole room is. That's why I was singing my way. But anyway, I get it. whatever. <laughs> no, that's that's why you know I wanted you to explain uh, what the deal is, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't even have a, a a a proper introduction, but I will say that we're 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 here chilling with man. Listen with God. I've been waiting on this day. <laughs> yes. You don't understand? Yeah. Yes, I is too, he too. the original rapper singer? Yes, he is. I think I think he's the original. He is like you know. Fuck your, your your Drake dreams. We have <laughs> the originator, we God himself, yes. Lord of the light skins. Yes. <laughs> Worthy to be praised. And what I've been seeing lately is hashtag the light skin general. There it is. Yes. There it is. Yes. Ladies and the light skin general for money, <laughs> Mount Vernon. Money, Mernon, or money earning Mount Vernon. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Quest of Supreme. I'll be sure. Yes. 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 Wow. Thank you so much for coming, brother. Thank wow, you, man. Yeah, thank you for this having me. This is a dream come true, yes, for real. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Man, I, uh, so where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, just start turn it off. I'm like, yes, right. <laughs> Come on, Bill. What we doing? Man, listen, I, we'll, I, we'll, we'll get into deep cuts later. All right, so let's just let's start, as our cult leader says at the beginning. <laughs> I'll be sure. Where were you born? I was actually born in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Okay. I'm supposed to rock a Sox hat. But I represent New York so hard, only because my dad was in the Coast Guard. Mother and father, we moved away to New York. So every time I see Bobby or new kids, or so, I get all the shit in the world. <laughs> you rep- yeah, I represent the Mets, Yankees, Nets, you know, Islanders, Rangers, v- Victory, you know, Liberty, excuse me, you said Victory. Yeah, you said and, Liberty, uh, you go hard. Yeah, so, um, so I represent New York all day, every day. Hey. <laughs> So Mount Vernon, that was where you kind of raised and came up. Absolutely, yeah. We call it uh, four square miles. Um, of course, uh, we have a few heads that uh, you might be familiar with. Um, a gentleman by the name of Dick Clark um, mm-hmm. is from Mount Very Vernon. Um, E.B. White. Yeah. The Charlotte's Web. Author of Charlotte's Web, which is one of my favorite books of all time. Um, in fact, my four-year-old grandson can read the entire book. I'm loving it. Um, yeah, Are you pregnant yet? I don't <laughs> First of all, that's like incest. Wait, I can't I, get I pregnant. Yo, I wonder the, how long he gonna hold it. Of all, of all the times to have like this doofy Jim Henson-esque voice of mine, <laughs> like, wow. I, can't, I can't do that. <laughs> anyway, so go, go oh, ahead. Man. Sorry. Wait, let me tell you something. First of all, 
I'm probably the biggest Quest fan on planet Earth to the point where when you come to Vegas, I want you to come to the residence. I have this cool low-res photo. I need a new one. But I got this cool photo. I got the one photo with you when we were in Houston somewhere. Shit, we did do a show together. We sure did. Right. And I was so nervous because Quest was, I was nervous. I was like, yeah. Wait, what kind of show is that? Like The The Roots Roots and Albie, I forgot. What? We we did one of them, you know, joins, the collaborative joins, and Albie Shore was one of the, I forgot we did that. What Uh, year was this? And I think our very own Frank Milwaukee was also there. (laughs) It was in Houston. It was okay. in Houston. It's like, like one really of them fly place cool. with the with the long stage and, and it's like uh, one of them Hennessy shows, yeah, you know, right. with like a, a bunch of acts are on. It. Damn, I forgot. What year yeah. was this? When was this? Two thousand four. Okay, we we could afford a backdrop back then, so maybe <laughs> it's like two thousand five, two thousand six. It, it I had think. to be, yeah. yeah. But, um, it was way before Fallon, so and I know it was it was after. The Towers, because I always mark things by the Towers falling. So it was, a, it was after Towers. So yeah. it had to be like so 2004 or 2005. Yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah. we did that. Yeah. That was, that, was, uh, that was exciting. But anyway, the point was I have this really cool photo, but I had a whack-ass phone back then. Oh, that's and right. Saved, and I've seen it. There was no high-res. There was no HD. You know, it was just DH. <laughs> we, <laughs> or DL. We, we can update it. We can update it. Yeah. We can definitely update So in... Okay, so... When did you move to New York? So as as a kid, so I lived uh, partly in New Jersey as well. So in a place called Leonia, New Jersey, uh, that's the place where you heard uh, the mayor complaining because everybody was going through the streets of Leonia to get to the city and all that craziness that was going on with the bridge and all that. Oh, you know, with the mayor, oh, uh, with the governor. Oh, your boy. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah. So for the most part, you know, grew up in the streets on the south side of uh, Money Earner Mount Vernon. Um, we call it Four Square Miles. You know, we have. Like I said, a few heads you may may uh, may have heard of, of course, the, the most prominent for myself. Um, in fact, we, we even uh, um, uh, obviously, you know, Denzel Washington is from Mount Vernon as well. Stephanie Mills. Um, did not know that. Stephanie Mills. In fact, I was so excited. I, I just did a show with Stephanie at the Indiana Black Expo, and we were talking about how... Wait, there's still right, yeah. Black Expo? Black Expo is still yeah. going on. Right. Wait, wait, wait. In fact, we wow. did one in Philly, too. We did it in your city. Just, mm-hmm. We just did it at the convention center. And, uh, but, yeah, so... I forgot all about Indiana Black Expo. <laughs> what, what people didn't know is, you know how everybody was saying, you know, is Michael, you know, was he cake or what? And I'm like, no, nah, Michael was gangster. Michael, Michael, and Stephanie Mills used to date. That's why she yeah. got so mad. That's why she went. That's why she got mad at Sam. Okay. Smith. Oh, did she? Yeah, she yeah, okay. Smith. yeah, Sam oh, Smith. Okay, said I, don't something. Say, I, I didn't hear this. That. Was recent. This was like Sam Smith had said something in an interview. Supposedly, he wasn't really a fan of Michael Jackson. And Stephanie Mills What's wrong clapped with him? back. Exactly. <laughs> oh, she right. did? Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. She went Does in. he inadvertently not realize that he's here because of Michael Jackson, <laughs> like <No>. all of us? <laughs> okay. But anyway, but for the most part, I had no idea as a youngster when I was riding my little BMX bicycle around that Michael Jackson was about Vernon. I'd have probably lost my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's a beautiful place. You know, uh, just my best friend growing up in high school, uh, Eddie F., DJ Eddie F, you know, big shout out to Eddie. Um, I used to carry the equipment. I was the engineer and he was the DJ. He was the best DJ. And, uh, you know, we used to just, he used to do parties and that's kind of how the whole thing started. We just started rocking together and I saved my, I worked at 
Goosini shoes and I worked at this other place, the <laughs> shoe store. Goosini shoes. <laughs> that sounds yeah. official. Exactly, like some place on, on Fourth Avenue and saved my little bread and bought a, a Tascam 244. Wow, the four track. And four the track joint. and tape, yep. cassette tape, and that's how we started all those demos and we would record stuff. And this guy used to come over every day when we were recording. He would get on the turntables and practice and he was, you know, scratching and scratching. And he started getting really, really good. His name is Pete Rock. Huh. I can't. It was amazing, yeah, wow. and uh, and then Hev played on the football team with me, and uh, so we decided to cut what a demo. What did you play? Quarterback. He was QB. QB, and then uh, so I remember we were, so I picked up. This is a fun story. I don't think I've told this one. So we're in the basement. There's this thing for the youngsters called the Yellow Pages. <laughs> and, and, and so I reached over to the Yellow Pages, and we had just finished working on some demos. We cut a demo on Hev called It's a Party, Y'all. That's the first. It was just a nine. It was a rolling nine oh nine with a beat, and him. It's a party, y'all. And he was just spitting, you know, spitting Mount Vernon verses. And uh, but it was it was so fly. So I pick up the phone. I call. I look in the yellow pages, and I found a place called Def Jam. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, that sounds familiar. I call a few times. You know, get the yeah, okay, great, all right, great, okay, great. So I kept being consistent. I called. So the guy finally picks up, and I, you know, I'm having this dialogue with him, and I said, you know, may I speak to Russell Simmons, please? You know, I have, to, I have this new group called Heavy D and the Boys from Money Earning Mount Vernon, and the dude was like, yo, you mean the Fat Boys? I was like, no. I said, Heavy D and the Boys from Money. He said, oh, you mean y'all bougie niggas up in the Bronx? That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, you know, so, y'all you know, so, yeah, polished, y'all ain't really ghetto. Y'all polished. I'm like, no, trust me. I said, you, got, you, you don't understand. I said, but this is something very different. I said, this is something special. I think this young man is a star. You know, so we, we had gone through our old process without knowing that, you know, that we maybe would know what we would know. <laughs> so we just played it off. So the key to it is bring, dream it to fruition. So we just got on the phone and I stayed consistent and I kept asking him. I said, listen, let me talk to Russell Simmons. I need to, I want to get him this music. Okay, well, send us another cassette. Send us another cassette. I called him back. He answered the phone. Sir, um, I'd really like to talk to Russell Simmons. Who is this? My name's Andre Harrell. I want to talk to Russell Simmons. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. so that's that's how the whole thing started. And then and yeah, and, and then at that point Andre and Russell were, you know, not necessarily parting ways, but creatively because Andre wanted to kind of go into that commercial, you know, uh, Russell obviously had militant hip hop, you know, public, you know, just Beastie Boys. He had that on lock. That was his system. And Andre kinda of wanted to be you know, he wanted to be Jekyll and Hyde. He wanted to be R and B rap. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, and at that point um, you know, myself and Eddie was, you know, essentially the glue uh, that kind of started that whole thing with him. And he just was a, a brilliant, brilliant visionary of putting the collective pieces together to to kind of start this whole movement called Uptown. And, and what we did was I called him Baby Barry Gordy and he would call me Baby Quincy Jones. Wow. And, um, and it, it was such an amazing time, even though we didn't really understand what it would turn into it was more um we would pattern ourselves to be more of a boutique version of what motown represented so the artists would all work together you know it would be a hall when we've got our first offices in brooklyn and there would be a hallway and everybody would and then he put me on the train and he told me to go go sit with this guy named teddy riley and go sit in the projects here this is the dress and i knocked on the door and i sat there for a year and just teddy taught me to program it was a Korg DDD one he had the tape over it though and, <laughs> and to all the you know the, the mono yeah. half a millisecond sample and so he was recording you know he was 
program and all that right there. We do like 10 songs a day. Um, and he, Teddy Riley actually just announced at, I think, South by Southwest that Albie Shore is officially the fourth member of Guy. Wow. Because that's me singing on, on you, the song. You call me crazy, crazy yeah, right? Yeah. 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 So we did so many demos together. Um, you know, when we started cutting Night and Day and Off on Your Own Girl, and then I would work on, you know, If I'm Not Your Lover, and you call me crazy. And just, it was just nonstop. And so under the tutelage of this young cat who just would make the drum machine break your neck, it was just so, so amazing. He's like Quest Love with fingers on a drum machine. He's like he nice like, like that. He's nice like that. It's like I've never seen someone, you know, like obviously when when Quest, you know, he he's on his his, his kit. It's just it's something magical in terms of just the rhythm and, and just it's it's magical. Because yeah. he's got probably got every nation under a groove for lack of better terms. You know what what were your folks doing at the time? Were they supportive of your of your music? Like what did your what did your folks do? Well, my dad, uh, he's he's at Cornell. He's head of nuclear medicine, so he's doing that. My mother was managing a dental office, you know, preacher selling insurance. They were divorced when I was four, um, so you know, it was me and Mom Deuce, you know, making it happen. She kept her foot way, way in my esophagus you know, to, <laughs> to, to make sure, you know, because I wanted to run the streets. I want, you know, I thought I was, I thought I was gonna be a hustler, like, because that's when I saw the, ooh, that's my car, you know. On the yeah. corner, I wanted that, but I was like 14, so <laughs> so you know I would you know just get involved with situations, and if I came home with a brand new pair of Pumas or some Adidas, where'd you get them? Huh? Oh no no no, snatch! Wow. snatch. Oh, so just take them. Snatch the curly afro, <laughs> pull, me, pull me out the door, and I was so grateful that she snatched that snatched me up every time like something would go left because then I I had this respectful fear of oh boy. Let me let me just let me keep it semi in in the lane where I'm supposed to be and make sure I at least do my homework and and do what I got to do and you know it's taught me somewhat of a responsibility for the most part. But was it just you? You have brothers or sisters? Well, I have three sisters, but you know after marriage and so on and yeah. so forth. But it was just me and mom and uh. So you're the older. youngest. Yeah, yeah. Ah. So, so my well, my my sister Amber is the youngest now, but which is through marriage. Okay. So, but yes, it's it was amazing just in terms of she just gave me a schedule. I would come home. On the refrigerator, there would be a loose leaf piece of paper. Three fifteen, take off your school clothes. Three twenty, start your math. So every day, and uh, it was just a schedule. It was like you know, Sergeant Mom, <laughs> and she's a little five foot two thing. But she, <laughs> she she swings a hard part. I remember one time she tried to swing on me one day because. I, I was with this kid named Charlie Pepitone, and he had given me some marijuana or something, or some sort of oregano. I thought it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and my, and my mother and I got home, and my mother found it in my pocket, and I and I went. This is the crazy part. I come walking down the hill from school, and I see. And this is the only time you know when you see your father's car sitting there in the afternoon. Oh no! And I was like, and he had. Hold up. Okay, Quest. He had the Datsun Wood. Folk like the 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 the, the long the, with the wood grain, the wood on, the grain on the side. Oh man! And I, you know, you can't mistake that one. So I'm walking in, and I'm like, eh, "What's going on here?" And he was like, uh, "Sit down." And that's all my father had to say. <laughs> yeah. Was, and I'm like, "Listen, uh, 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 sir, you know, and what was this? Oh, it's not mine. Mm-hmm, okay, great. Whose is it?" So you know, I had to had to. Uh, Confess, but I didn't know what it was because I didn't know anything about that at that point. I was just, but apparently the, the guy's father, you know, he was, you know, back in the day, and then that's when I started wanting, I wanted to be a hustler because <laughs> because you got nice things and not a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Until I had to switch it up and realize I enjoy putting in the work. So. Gotcha. So starting off, were you rapping first, like when you were Eddie F for cutting stuff? Like what what was your role? Okay, so initially um, I wanted to be a rapper and. So 
my favorite rapper was Slick Rick. So to me, he's like the greatest storyteller of all time. You know, everybody has their favorites, Jay and Nas and, you know, Rakim. I'm from the Rakim era, so, um, and Black Thought. And, like, that's that's my, like, um, my man, I'll be sure, in effect mode. <laughs> for your pleasure, <laughs> for your pleasure, you know what I'm saying? That's my junk right there. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, just that was the way it started. And in fact, you know, when we started cutting the demos for Have the initial demos, it was um, uh, you know I wanted to rap on the song, but they're like, nah, don't rap, just sing, just sing, sing some some of the background. So I became like the I wasn't a part of the group per se, but I was the background singer okay. um, and I was Eddie's best friend. But what Eddie did for me, which is I, I love him to this day, no matter what was going on as they were getting their momentum, Eddie would keep my little cassette tape with him. And every time he would be around Russell or Andre or anyone like of that nature, he would pop my cassette over. So Andre just told a story. I think it was either on mine sung or he told it on inside the label where he, was, he said, you know, one day have and Eddie, uh, Miss studio time or something and he's you know i said wait can i use it and then uh kyle and i went in and laid down night and day and he says oh this kid got talent i said okay and then that's where it all started night and day was the first song you recorded no the first song i actually recorded was "Ooh, this love is, Ooh, so. Love is so okay ah. and that's the original version that was on the, the four track cassette roe shamir just bounced the cassette tape to the the studer and then we try to keep most of the original elements because you know you get demo-itis you start mm-hmm. here, you in the hood riding around in, in, in the k-car playing your <laughs> joint on third street and uh and, and it sounds and you get used to that sound it, what it and is. then i try to oh i got the try big studio it, now i'm too clean it's like no nah. but if it work it work that's what it yeah, is so, yeah. so i'm thinking you oh, so i'm thinking about the hip stuff is that you singing on uh don't you know that's me don't on you don't you know, know. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know Somebody for me. Yeah, well, I do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, money earning Mount Vernon. Okay, all those. Yeah. How old were you around this time? Y'all was young. I had to be seventeen or eighteen at wow. least. Yeah. Wow. And like, with your singing, was it something like did your parents? I wasn't. Sing? I wasn't. No, I wasn't a singer. My father played piano, and my mother managed the dental office. But that, that was, you know, I, I wasn't really a singer or anything. But I was a stylist. What you call a stylist, meaning I understood structure because I studied, you know, song structure and, and things of that nature. I didn't know that I was going to be doing that. But I went to Center for Media Arts over at NYU to study engineering. Oh, so wow. Eddie and I, Eddie and I, right after high school, wanted to. We wanted to. I really wanted to be an engineer because I, I was into frequency and sound. I'm a little bit of a streak. I'm a cornball in terms of. I'm into you know like now, which I love everything related to analytics and and, and uh, just understanding a digital footprint of where you are as an artist and then just trends and things of that nature. So um, that's what I truly enjoy as well. That's what's up. When um when y'all did the first well, so you did night and day. You and Kyle. First off, talk about Kyle, man, because he. Nobody knows. Kyle like, no, yeah, Kyle West. Uh, Kyle West. Is where like, is Kyle? Kyle you hear, when you heard Kyle Everybody West break it down, where is Kyle West? You knew some fire it's was about get, to happen. It's about to be broke. It's about to get real. Kyle broke West it all the way it down. down. Like, it's, <laughs> when you heard that, nigga, it's about to get real. Kyle, <laughs> what's funny? Yeah, like Kyle West, break it down. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Kyle. Kyle. Uh, in fact, we just started. We just embarked and started on the new album, nice. which, which, which will be called. 
I figured I was trying to think of all these slick names, and I was like, nah, you know what? Let me just drive in my lane. It's in effect mode. 2.018. There you go. There you go. In effect mode. 2.018. That's all it is, because I'm just driving in my lane. I'm not trying to be anybody else, dude. I'm just trying to continue no with my meets. signature. No. Well, no, it's like, <laughs> it's like shut them down. You're going to get them calls, though. When that album come out, you probably going to get them calls, like the pictures. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? No, they can remix it all day long, you know, for, for the radio aspect of it, but I truly make music from my soul and. You know, I don't want to sound corny or cliche, but it's, it's it, this is all spiritual for me. This has never been about making hit records because I didn't know what a hit record was. I didn't come from that. So everything for me was just whatever I was feeling, whatever I was going through at that moment and, and interpolating that form of expression, whatever I was going And having the vehicle of, of music to be able to reach and, and travel the globe and, and, and meet leaders of nations. And it's really amazing what that vehicle can do for you. Um, because I didn't realize, but my mother, had, my mother told me all my life, listen, you're a citizen of the world. I want you to become a citizen of the world. And I didn't know to take it seriously. I didn't know I was going <laughs> to be in Japan and Germany and, you know, all over the world and making a joyful noise. I'm just, I'm, uh, that's a blessing. Anybody who thinks that's not a blessing, better Absolutely. UPS is hiring. So you and Kyle, when, from the time y'all made Night and Day, how did you, how did it get from there to you signing with Warner? Well, wait, before, oh, was that, it, was it before that. Well, I have a, a similar question before that. What was a Sony Innovator and was it a real thing? Like, I kept, even before I heard you, I kept hearing on like Lee Bailey's Radioscope. Sony <laughs> Innovator. Yeah. I'll be sure. Sony Innovator. And then, you know, I like read Billboard and Sony Innovator. I'll be sure. And what the hell is a Sony? What was a Sony Innovator? Okay. Sony Innovator was sony corporation of america were looking for new signed and unsigned artists um who were innovative musically um they had three judges i think it was you know tom joiner deborah crable from ebony just showcase and, and uh and someone else they broke it down apparently they broke it down to a field of 51 cassette tapes the final judges were herbie hancock and quincy jones and Quincy Jones chose Albie Shaw's tape on that particular tape. I think I had all this love is so night and day and like off with your own girl on it or something. But just the demo versions. Wow. So and, this is even before the album came yeah, out. Yeah, this is before the album okay. came out. And in fact, the, uh, Benny Medina's assistant, Karen Jones, is the one who submitted me for the for the contest. Um, and she's the one who put the exclamation point on my name. She kept saying Ah, so, wow. Um, okay. So yeah, so then, you know... Uh, that particular campaign, uh, you know, kind of gave us the, that signature in addition to co-signing by, you know, that dude who did that thriller thing. You know, <laughs> so, so, so imagine, you know, that was what a blessing. And then, you know, we, we, we started to rock together and, you know, came my big brother and, and then I learned so much from him. Imagine being one of his, his children um, when you're crawling around the living room and you, it's Deepak Chopra and it's Oprah and it's so <laughs> so imagine those what those those young people would learn just in terms of philosophies from around the globe it's, it's truly truly amazing just so just when you're around Quincy just shut up yeah, that's no, what we, we learn. Did. We learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah we just, learn. Just let them talk. I have hours and Keep hours. Keep your shoes of, on too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 wait, wait, wait. Did, did, did he ask you? Did he ask you the famous <laughs> question? Wait. What? What's your gumbo? 
What is that? What's the what's the number? What is that? You have to ask him when he sees you. <laughs> <laughs> he was all on her toes. Oh, those toes, man! I like those toes. Man. You still got cute toes. Yo, I showed him a picture of me when we to us together when I was like six. He was like, "Did you have those toes then?" That's what I just asked I was you. Like, she had the cutest little toes. I used to play with the toes. Wait, no. In, in the kitchen, oh, she, yeah, she, no. we would sit her up. She would sit her on the table, and, and and Deanna would she'd be making some food, and and no. literally you pull her toes. Where you going? What are you doing? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so you knew Laia when she was a kid. When she was, yeah. See, Laia tried to make our like I knew I knew you when I was thirteen. Like trying to make me sound like I'm like because we you because you had to be what nine or ten. You know what? Yes, I was like that is correct. Al. I thought you were oh, trying so to go back cool further. Oh, so it's cool to be knowing Al be sure when you was like six. <laughs> but I gotta feel like you know well, me and FBI you guys waiting for me outside because <laughs> I knew you nah, when you was thirteen. Me and you met as like friends. Me and him met as like my godmother's friend. You know what I mean? Like it was he was an, an elder of sorts. So but me and you, it was like let's go. Never mind. Let me, I'm no, but you keep throwing the word 13 in my face like was, 13, 13 and good 13. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was 20, I was 13. You was 18? Oh, no, this is not sounding good. So back to Al. Exactly. I'm so sorry. Please, let's get that down. Please. <laughs> this is going so wrong. Please. Let's get that oh, my God. <laughs> Boy. So, so he was there for like I am's first year. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, was it the first? Were you there for the first? Yeah. Year? No, I was there when Deanna made it up, uh, sitting in the in the in the kitchen, you know, a little breakfast nook that was mm-hmm. in there with the windows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when she came up with the whole concept. Damn. Yeah. The international. Damn, didn't even let me in the house until like <laughs> <laughs> nineteen years later. You went to the house? No, I still was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the, 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 the he ain't have enough sauce in the beginning. Yeah. But you was an intern at the international what an international yeah, association. Deanna allowed me to like set up chairs. Yes. Okay, so yeah, so give us give okay, the so, listeners so, what so is this? Deanna Williams, who is my godmother, she founded a she's she's the mother of Black Music Month. She created that. She's a media coach. You see her on Unsung, you see her on Unsung. Unsung. all That's the time. But right. she also created one of the first uh music conferences called I Am, which was the International Association of African American Music. And every year she would bring people together and have head porn. rap. Jack, Jack the Rapper. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, yeah. not head really head rap. Boho Jack the Rapper. She had Whitney Houston in the new edition, and she like... Jack the was, Head Rapper. Yeah, but it, <laughs> when you go to I Am, you, you know you're going to be there safe. Yeah. Right. No, you okay. definitely be there. And yeah. then, Jack the Rapper, you don't game. know what's going to happen <laughs> right. to you. Yeah. What's crazy is I always tell our story through that, because I was like, when I, when I first went, you were an intern, and then you slowly kind of rose up through I Am. Like, yeah. you did the showcase, yep. and then you did the tribute to Jazzy Jeff, but it was like... I worked my way up years through... Up. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I still didn't get to see what the inside of the house looks like. Uh, Sorry. But a very significant part of who Deanna Williams is as well is um, she is the amazing, amazing mom of uh, Mr. Kenny Gamble's children, children as well. Um, and, you know, which is Philadelphia International and kind of the blueprint of what we're all doing, um, you know, in terms of just that soul, true soul, just in your gut, in your soul, music, um, spiritual church. She is a subject of a lot of those songs. Abs- oh, absolutely. Listen, black representation is essential. If I hadn't seen and heard certain black women in radio, I wouldn't be in radio. Women like Robin Breeden, Candy Shannon, Michelle Wright, Deanna Williams. Women owning radio stations like Kathy Hughes. Listen, the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. 
word. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Each episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I feel silly because as much traveling as I do and as many Airbnbs that I stay in because that's the only way I travel— I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa! Mind-blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So... Check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The question I have about Uptown Records is how did why <laughs> well no 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 why because i'm just noticing at least in your case and also in uh ultramagnetic mc's case um you guys weren't on mca proper so yeah. how did you wind up on warner brothers through uptown as opposed great to great question quest great question so i remember when they were doing the initial deal andre was dealing with i think either mike halley or maybe it was um uh, Ernie Singleton was there at the time, which I actually lives in Vegas near me as well too. So, um, and uh, um, okay, who was our guy over? At, uh, so yeah, Ernie Singleton, um, uh, Timmy Regisford, um, yeah, just you know that entire conglomerate of executives. Uh, Mike Halley, I think they they brought a group of remember the Uptowns kicking it. Uptown, so so yeah. so they were all the rappers and they had all the rappers. So I wasn't necessarily included in that. Um and then I just to be honest with you, which I think this is a good thing that I don't just think they didn't want to sign me. So at that point, so um, you know, those no's are pretty good. You know, it's a more, more of a motivator than anything else, you know. I, I, 
God. And they didn't want. And this is after hearing Night and Day. I don't know. I don't know what they heard. I kind of at that point, I was more like just rocking with Teddy, and you know, I was under the tutelage of Teddy, and just sitting there every day in Teddy's studio, learning, you know, programming and, and song arrangement and structure, and, and just, you know, I was honing in on those skills. Um, and Andre stuck me with him. So whatever that transaction that was going on was just more included in that Uptown's Kicking It package. Um, and then he wound up taking me to LA and he said, listen, let's go, let's go get this bread. I have an idea. And he brought me to record executive Benny Medina and who was senior VP of A&R at Warner Brothers at that point. And um, that's where we went, you know, initially. And then, so first and foremost, they gave us a singles deal. Oh, so, wow. so yes, yeah, so I was like, ooh. Like I had a time, like I had a real, you know, reason to go. Ooh, I should have been, <laughs> I should have just been happy, you know, getting any deal. Um, but, 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 for, for again, you know, it's that Mount Vernon, you know. Uh, should have told him nope. 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 What I'm supposed to sweat you for a deal? I'm supposed to just run all over me? Zero, Zero. on a strength. Yes. And your quest. Very hard to tell, right? Sure. Yeah, so you know, he brought me over to, to Benny's office. And it's funny because I finally watched my entire unsung. I always was always afraid to watch it because for the first year, and I'll get back to why I was saying it, for the first year, um, I did the voiceovers for Unsung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is you. Yeah. yeah. So the, that you know, is you. So, so, Gary so you're the, the one that always ends rap's career? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then rap came. And then rap came. <laughs> and then rap came. <laughs> uh, uh, so what happened was, so the first, the first season when they were just launching the show it was uh, Phyllis Hyman, uh-huh. the Clark Sisters, DeBarge, and I believe Donnie Hathaway. So those are the first four episodes, just as a test run to see how it worked out. And then, uh, and then they moved some of the executives around at TV One, and then I got you know somebody just brought in their own person to do it. But um, but it was it was a great experience, and I loved doing the voiceover thing. And obviously, because you know, I had been doing radio for many years, and um, so just it was, it was a great opportunity. But the show for me was like you're dead and jumped off a building or you heroined out or, you know, you tweaked out or something. So I, so I was asked to do it a few times and I was like, no, maybe not a good idea. I'm not dead. I'm, I don't think y'all know how I still live out in Vegas. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, so then as time went on, it turned into me, it turned into more of a docu-series type style of show, um, you know, depicting the artist's life and, and the, you know, the ups and downs and so on and so forth. So it wasn't necessarily this, you know, death do us part. Yeah, because a lot of times cats would get like, would see kind of resurgence in their music, um, like whether like being the bought on streaming it. service. Yeah, yeah, new interest. Yep, and, and then and then what, what was great about it too is, you know, cats like to get their little weekend bread up a little something. I'm on TV, you know, I got a new series. You know? mm-hmm. So I agree, it's the same record, whatever. So, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so so I, I enjoyed it as well. And then at that point I had, you know, I tasted a little bit in terms of like, production so I've, I've always wanted to direct and and, and so, so i had an opportunity to um i'm executive producer on the jamie fox hbo special i might need security so i started doing little things like that and i said listen this this is something and again a quincy thing is look albie uh, you know there's a point in your life when there's anything available to do you just do it you know and just make it happen you know so he was just always honing in on that don't be one-dimensional 
um, aspect. And uh, I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to experience that, but I really, really liked that. And then we started working on, like I think I was working on, Clint Eastwood was working on a new network called the Back Nine Network, which is a competition to the Golf Channel. And uh, so I was in that aspect of it. You know, I'm always trying to do this. I love ancillary revenue streams. So, so it's not about, you know, it's not a, a flatware. 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 That's your next thing, flatware? More on that later. And you understand, and very specifically, as an artist with a very strong brand, um, very significantly, you there's a market out there to you know that that is truly interested in what your brand has to offer, whether it's toothpaste or whether it's uh, you know a drum pad or mm-hmm. you know anything you know popcorn, yeah, but anything. Yes, all that flatware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, that's your, that's the George Foreman grill. Mm-hmm. Think, <laughs> think about it. You think about it. There's a generation who has no idea he can punch your lights right. out. Right. All they know is fish, mighty, mighty good <laughs> chicken, right. mighty good burgers. Right. You know. And how, and how cute is he? Look, look at the look at that man with the bald head. Ain't he cute? He can sell. You know, he's so lovely. Nope. They don't know George was a You're beast. Paws on your ass. <laughs> George, a movie esophagus. Shoot, he does. Uh, <laughs> he does inventors. Uh, inventors. dot com Inven- too, or whatever. That's oh, absolutely. Called, yeah. And 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 what's what's significant? And this is something I would tell any of these new artists, very specifically with invent, the word invent help. Invent help. Yeah. yeah. Um, call InventHelp. That's, that's it. My friends at InventHelp. Uh, my yeah. friends at InventHelp, yeah. <laughs> um, and what, very specifically, what I would suggest to some of the newer artists out there who, obviously, the record industry is defunct in terms of the way it used to be. So, um, obviously, it's mostly social media driven. Like, if there's a major role, Spielberg has a major role, obviously. Um, you know, if Justin Bieber and Tom Cruise, Justin Bieber just might get the role because he's going to guarantee them foreign. He's going to guarantee them number one at the box office. Now, maybe Tom Cruise may be, you know, the more accomplished and the better actor. But right now it's about the shareholders. So so right now, if you're a new artist and you're coming in with a following and you have a significant social media following and you've generated your, your, your personal grind has generated millions of followers, um, you can for the most part, write your own ticket. And you basically can, they just want you to do all the work for them before they sign. There, there you go. There you go. And and but the key to it is if you do come with that as, as as part of your arsenal or your portfolio, make sure that you do what's called Arnold Palmer business. And with the way Arnold Palmer does business is the same significance of like how Shaquille does and so on and so forth. Instead of endorsing a brand, yeah, okay, let me get this bread here, give me, you know, it's great. Yeah, give me ten million, so on and so forth. No, no. That's cool. Give me that 10 stack, but also I need an equity stake. Equity. In addition to, I need to be a part of the exit strategy of this company. So when it goes public, we're in the money. No. Diddy killed that with Ciroc. Well, there you go. And what's funny, I that was my first meeting with Ciroc in Chicago with Diageo Brand Liquors. And I remember that when they offered me that deal. I guess somebody better got it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, come on, I'm proud because from Mount Vernon. Come now? on, straight up money. I'm, I am so proud. Let me, the, people don't realize. Let's set the record straight yeah, right now. I am so proud of Dude in terms of, first of all, being from you know the streets of Mount Vernon and 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 it's come up. And I used to. It's funny because I used to always. That's what I told Kim. I used to tell Kimberly. I said, "Well, Kimberlina, that's my baby. Hi, Kim. <laughs> oh. I, I miss you, Kim." You know I do. So, um, I mean, uh, beautiful babies. Uh, okay. Beautiful, beautiful babies. Yeah. No, no, no. First, you know, it was my, that was my my 
sweetheart. That was, you know, I moved her from Columbus, Georgia, and I put her in a nice apartment with my sister up in Riverdale. Tell history, Al. Yes. Oh, yes. You know, yes. Actually, I'm, I just started writing the book, too. So. Uh-oh. Okay. There's a book? Yeah, it's called From Mount Vernon to the Moon and Back. <laughs> so I'm looking for a publisher eventually, and, and my life story as well, because, you know, as Bobby's is coming out. This uh, Bobby Brown's is coming Your out. Your story. Jesus Christ. We should, we should, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, too. Wait, because it's so, much, it's so much more than just... You know, the guy who made, it's just funny because the curly lights can do who made night and day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's. Only, only, listen, I have to say that my introduction to you was sort of semi backwards because I have a cousin that you might have went out with her. So <laughs> of course. Yeah. You may Billy. know her in the uh-huh. biblical sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I was told, she told me. That you would regularly, regularly get accosted by police, like th- threatened for just walking down the block. Yeah, like just to walk down the block would cause such a commotion that they were a- like, "We will arrest you if you continue to walk in this mall." I got arrested, Virginia, on Virginia Beach. Yo, <laughs> wait a minute! Uh, because, I don't want to drop her name now. Because, oh, oh, hey. got it. Got it. I, what, I got quest. I got it. You know what happened was so I didn't even understand the magnitude of what was transpiring this is a at real that story. point. So we were we so back in the, and I remember I just got a dollar over lunch money and you know I had to go get that new Maxima with the rims on it. Right? <laughs> so so me and my boys we got in the Maxima. We drove down, you know, because because the big thing was spring break, either Howard homecoming or whatever. Not even that we were really old enough at that point, but we would just want to be in the mix. So you know, that's where the girls are. So we would. We would how old are you? I'm sorry. How well, old? well, this is. I'll be sure by this point. No, and then right here, because we would go down, and it would just you know just be a lot of you know really nice looking young joints. ladies and some joints. Like I'm out here, it's fine. Right. Yeah. So now, so now afterwards, so I guess my boys wanted to play a joke because I didn't realize what I didn't realize what happened. Let's let's rewind slightly. Let's go to Madison Square Garden. There was a, a tournament going on, and I believe it was like either McDonald's or something going on. And my cousin Akbar said, "Hey, let's go to this thing. You know, the radio station there is promote this thing." So I don't know how we got tickets, but he got tickets, and we went there. And uh, it was either halftime, and I think Shaquille O'Neal was playing in the game. I think he was on LSU at that point, or something like that. Maybe it was way back then. So I remember going up to go get. Um, some a beverage and a hot dog or something, and I had gone up. Now, didn't realize that Ralph McDaniel video music box had been playing my video for like a week or two weeks. So, mind you, I go up, I go get my hot dog, I turn around, and it didn't, you know, this is halftime. I mean, halftime. You know, like a, so it's full of like schoolgirls and people. I turn around. And they started screaming, that's that boy. Ooh, that's, that, that's all I heard. That's the, and then they all jumped on top of me. He's wearing them tight ripped jeans. I don't even think. I don't, I don't even. I, I, it's funny because I don't even think I could afford those yet. Like, wow. like I didn't get a budget or nothing yet. I, was, <laughs> I had. I may have had some pro kids with the, the stripe on the side. But but it, but it was it was such a scary situation for me because what happened was I got snatched up by security saying I started a fight wow. so everywhere I would go to a mall I would go to different places and the security come like so let's fast forward to Virginia Beach we're on Virginia Beach that's how I met Mookie 
Okay. Who used to bodyguard for, for LL and run DMC. Because right. he was there with a bunch of New York Giants and so on and so forth. So we get there, we park, and we decide, you know, we're going to walk on the beach. That was such a mistake. So all I know is that it started and the running started and the screaming and so on and so forth. And I'm trying to figure out what's, like, I'm dead, I'm dead ass. What is going on? And it was me. The police came. Because there's no social media to let you know that. Yeah, no, no. I had no idea. So so the police came. And then what happens, I got trapped in either an IHOP or whatever was there at that point, whatever was on that part of the beach. I got trapped in the store. And they were shaking the windows and breaking the windows and trying wow. to get to me. Um, and then I remember it was helicopters. Were you, were you down there with no, us? No. But I've heard the story. And I thought this has to be an exaggeration. The fact that you're actually verifying it, I can't believe. Like, yeah, so, I so, went 30 years not believing the story. So, um, so then they came and they put me in. They, they, they tried to get through. It was a whole. It was like a riot, and they finally got to me and they put me in the car and they took me to jail because I said I incited a riot. And yeah. I'm like, sir, I don't know what you. I don't know what a riot is, sir. I'm not of that nature. Thank you very much. I'm from Mount Vernon. <laughs> so, so, they couldn't comprehend that you were a celebrity. And right. I guess it's weird to say that. Like, guys, I'm sort of a big deal. Or yeah. like, yeah, but it's because. in Virginia, though. And, and, I ain't have no right, control right, over but, right, but No, nah, Virginia's yeah. a different beast. Yeah, but, but, but hold up. But BET was everywhere. So, you know, Video Soul and BET and the Music Box. And what all color that. were the arresting officers? That's what I'm saying. That's um, I don't even remember, to be honest with you. Wow. Well, it could be old life. black men, too. Yeah, yeah, right. Robin I mean, Harris. Blue is, and blue is blue. Sometimes blue is blue. No, but but no, but the, but the point was is that they were actually right in doing what they were doing because they didn't know. All they know is that whatever I did started uh, like literally they broke all the windows in the gas station. Yeah, like, it this was is crazy. women. Like this is no, this is no this, this is some dudes too. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and what was what was crazy? So once we started seeing that happen, um, so I remember. I think it's funny. Andre tells the story. I'm gonna get. I'll get you the clip. Andre tells the story, and because I, I, I went to the office, to the uptown office, and I said, and this is when we got an office on 57th Street, and I said, Dre, come with me. And he says, what? And I said, just come with me. Just, just come walk down the street with me. I want to show you something. He's like, okay. So we, we go, and we go outside. We're walking. It turns into a slow jog. <laughs> it turns in people screaming from buses, from this. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out. Like, like, and, and I look at it like this. Now, as you know from a child, I don't have a vein bone in my body. So I'm just trying to figure out how do we market this? Like, <laughs> yes. I didn't know back then, but that's what I, my, my thought process. Because even, even when I would go to Warner Brothers, I remember trying to make sure I educated some of the staff there as it related to, I would see a commercial and I would see, oh, that, ooh, I want some candy. Give me some of that. Oh, this? I can't, you know what's oh. funny? No, because I thought you had some sweets in there because I, because, because you, 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 okay, Al, no. Don't play with me. I got some almond M&Ms. I don't play them games. You need a sweet. You know what? No, I can't have any. You know why? Because I just lost 80 pounds. Yes. And the way I did it was I cut out sugar, rice, bread, pasta, and I don't drink soda anymore. So, and then, and then you know all the other stuff I did because I, because I, you know, I, I guess I could. T- we getting it right here. I'm giving it the quest right now oh, because yeah. I never talk about this because you know that's why that's why you don't see me all over reality shows playing myself except for one. You know, uh, <laughs> um, but but what I did was I I really just decided just to take this seriously. I was turning fifty, and all the stuff I was supposed to do as a black man in terms of 
you know, colonoscopy, all this stuff. You know, there's a rule book. Okay, you're a black man, so you need to do this, 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 and let them put the camera here. I'm like, at least buy me some flowers, damn. <laughs> so, so and, and it's, it's a big pain in the butt. So, but, Literally. Uh, but, but you have, yeah, exactly, right? Um, but you have to, you know, something you're supposed to do. And so I waited until I was turning 50 to do it. So I took off like six months, and then uh, they went in with the cameras, uh, colonoscopy, UK, LMNOP, whatever, just whatever, <laughs> was just everything. So went in, looked, checked on XYZ, and then, you know, whatever, we'll just say whatever they saw. I said, listen, whatever I don't need after 50, just take it out. Just leave my heart, and we good. So, um, so I went through that process and, you know, and went in there and said, listen, I need to, I need my health. I'm, I'm dealing with diabetes type 2. My grandson, the most important, I don't even want to get all the motion right now because my grandson is everything. That's my little dude right there. So um, he came over to me and said, Pop Pops, because you, you can't call me grandfather. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's Pop Pops. And he says, you know, Pop Pops, uh, that's, you, you, you're like Santa Claus. He's saying, you're going to bring me gifts and everything, right? So when he said that to me, and I looked at him, I was like, from the mouth of babes. And I was like, wow. And I said, and for me, because it's not, because what's crazy, and I've never said this before, but the weight gain and all the other stuff was me running from that sexy shit. Because uh, okay. I wasn't happy with that. Because I'm straight New York street cat from Mount Vernon. Don't let the don't let the love songs fool you. I'm still that straight from Mount Vernon, like this. <laughs> and and you know, I'm just Al Brown, like you know, just that's how I grew up. So all that putting me in that category and in that lane I was I've always been I've even always been uncomfortable with being a celebrity like everywhere I go it's like 1988 and I'm truly so you hated that at the time I, like after a while it lost its luster and people just no I was, piece just, of me I was just scared right I was scared to go anywhere and do anything so without you security you never technically enjoyed it it sounds like like you the, the closest thing is funny because Dre would say it all the time. He said, this is the closest thing to Michael Jackson he's ever seen. He said, he said as much as we've been ever, he's like, I had Elvis. And then, I guess he, you know, that's quoting him on the uh, on, on Unsung. And it was, you know, like I said, but this gave me an opportunity to have my vehicle of expression, which is my music, reach the masses and the planet and so on and so forth. And, and, and I have my little niche. Now, mind you, I'm not Michael Jackson. I'm not Tom Cruise. You know how most cats gas themselves and they think they're too big. And they, it's like, no, I know where I'll be sure is. And I know I got I know my sweet spot in terms of my core audience. And I, and I, and I, I focus on them. I don't try to go too outside of it. But what I do is I love all types of music. So that's why I enjoy working with David Bowie, Robert Palmer, Rod Stewart, Al Green, you know what I'm saying? So, so, because that's all that's what I listened to on AM radio growing up as a kid in my back of my father's Cutlass Supreme. He would have on CBS radio. Cutlass <laughs> Supreme. So I'm so I'm listening to the Eagles, I'm listening to Journey, I'm listening to uh Chicago, you know, I'm listening to all you know, an eclectic version of, of what music is, so there was no color to it for me. So that's why I love like one of my favorite artists on the planet is Sting, which I love. Can I ask a question since you mentioned that? Yes, sir. Do you remember the first record you ever purchased? Your very first record? It had to be a Jackson 5 record. It had to be, um, or a Stevie Wonder record. Maybe, okay. maybe it was, it could have been. Well, you know what? Wait a minute. It might have been a Patti LaBelle record. And let me tell you why. Because 
the record player, whatever my mother was playing on the record players was something. So I would do rehearsals in the in the living room and I would, but see, I remember I got a whooping because I used to try to take everything apart. I thought I was an engineer, so I would take the record player apart. I would <laughs> Yo, take the TV apart. My mother, would, my mother would come in and the TV would be apart. You know, like, Don't take the Cutlass Supreme apart, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Man, I remember that too. So eventually, so eventually you had to realize that you needed an entourage just to protect you and protect you from the public. Cause I, I, I mean, I can imagine. And what you mentioned about like, just not wanting to be known for just like the pretty boy of the moment, that stuff and that you're a real artist and that's thing. I know that that wears that, that grows old quick, fast. It really does. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say D has the same story and you know, like looking it always seems like the grass is greener on the other side because I was just like, yo, man, like, at the snap of a finger, you could be Prince Akeem. Right, right. <laughs> in a second. And the Royal Peters is clean. <laughs> right. <laughs> but to hear you say it, you know, it's like, well, you know, I'm human and I have artistic expressions and those things. And so it wasn't yeah, all I, I'm like you. I take this seriously. Like, I consider this a blessing. There's no, you know, there's, like I said, there's no, I, have, I don't have a vein bone in my body outside of my love for the music. I mean, that's my wife. The music is my wife, and anyone in my life is the mistress. Mm -hmm. So it's always going to be that way. And, and, and the reason I'm elated to this day, and this is something I mention frequently, is the reason the digital footprint for this particular music, whether it be New Jack Swing or R&B music, and I try to be at the forefront. That's why I do radio, and I, I create as many media platforms as I can to keep it out there and, and make it do what it do. But... Um, the reason is so significant because we, we're at, it's, music is malnutrition right now. And, and I'm saying that from the stand, don't, don't get me wrong because I don't knock anyone's hustle because I love what technology has allowed other forms of their craft to, to be introduced to the world. So I don't knock that. It's not something I'd be listening to making love and so on and so forth, but you know. But the reason this music is so prominent in what we do is because there's a generation of women who are starving to be told I love you again. Talk about it. Oh, sorry. Wait, what was that? And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and very significantly. You. Thank you. <laughs> thank, Go ahead. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, there's, you know, there's a generation of women who are starving to be told I love you again, so they gravitate towards this music, whether it's, it don't even have to be me. Whether it's Albie Shaw, Bobby Brown, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Let's even go there. Let's go. The organic feeling. Um, there's an organic feeling that's that's a necessity. It's, that's that's medicine that's needed. Like, do you realize what this world would be like with no music? So, wouldn't be here. I'm about to say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in this room, yeah, yeah. we all be kind of fucked. And outside of outside of just the the where it creates continuity as it relates to my way out of the hood. And so that's not it. It's so much more. I mean, obviously for a generation that has access now, you know, it, it, it can turn miracles for you, but you have to take it seriously as something you, you can't take it for granted or take advantage of it. It's a woman. Same thing I would tell my sons about a woman. If you don't love her, leave her alone. Uh Oh, <laughs> like the, damn! I just, that's like several questions just came from that last statement. But it, mm, 
Okay. Just ask one. Well, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> actually, I want to get to the music because I think it should be noted that with in effect mode, literally with, and I had to look it up, um, with the exception of Naturally Mine. All them chips was, yeah. And Just a Taste of Loving, literally, I mean, it was borderline neck and neck with Thriller. Thriller about, yep. With every song was, and even if not officially a single, like Philly Radio even played the not like you know kill me softly and ooh this love episode like album cuts stuff we didn't rescue me right exactly so how do you feel as though you've gotten your just dessert i mean just as far as like the acknowledgement that this album with seven known i say hits the the line between single single and and filler how important it is and and how do you feel about the 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 tag for new jack swing it's you know the new jack swing pioneers sort of do you shrug it off is it do you feel it dates you or just under well no you know i i appreciate it because new jack swing first of all let's 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 get um let's give the just do where it's due teddy riley mm-hmm. theodore is the inventor of new jack swing he took uh, the, what he was influenced by, I mean, people don't realize Teddy did Dougie Fresh the show, you know, like, I mean, obviously you, you guys would know it here, but um, you know, that's one of the first swing records. Um, but the phrase, the term was coined by a gentleman by the name of Barry Michael Cooper, um, who was the uh, contributor to all of those cult classic movies of the 90s 80s you know the new jack swing new jack i mean new jack swing <laughs> new jack city jason's lyric uh, above the rim you know all of those those classic cult films um and in fact he's the one that i reach out to we 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 keep in touch frequently and um dialogue about what this means so much to the point where he endorsed me. He just finished doing Spike Lee's uh, on Netflix. Um, She's got to have it, right? So he and I agreed that he would be the author of my life story Ah. because he was, you know, which is truly a blessing because he was there. He lived it. He understands it. It's organically from him. Um, Going back to your question, Quest, the Teddy Riley invented the, the genre, um, and what we did was we created derivatives of it. So Eddie F had his version of what it was. Andre, it's funny, Andre just said in, in an interview, uh, maybe it was South, the same one with South by Southwest, there's only three people who really know how to do New Jack Swing, it's Eddie F, Albie Shaw, and Teddy Riley. <laughs> I don't necessarily, I think there's more than that, but I appreciate being a part of that. The, from your question, Quest, I think, I've never walked with my own flag. I didn't understand the marketing aspect of walking my own flag saying, hey, you know, this is for my next gig, you know. Yeah, I did this. What happened was I let a lot of people take credit for for my work, and I wasn't necessarily concerned about it because I wasn't concerned about being popular in that aspect because that was already there. Like, I was already Albie Shore, so I wasn't worried about, oh, you know, I did this, I wrote this, I wrote this. I was just more concerned about being popular at Citibank. Yes. Yes. So in this moment, can you big yourself up for a second, real quick? Because there might be some things that people don't know, writing wise, that you're like. Yeah, but no, but now, but see, but now, and that's the whole purpose of this whole, you know, 
metamorphosis of turning 50 and now connecting, reconnecting with my body, mind, and spirit. Um, my book, doing the book from Mount Vernon to the moon and back, and then also embarking on, I'm looking for a home for my life story, you know, so. And I was going to say that should the book get optioned, who would be the Quincy, captain? Who, God, right? Yeah, I was going to say, who Come would be on. the captain obvious choice Come to play on. you? To play, oh, who would, <laughs> Gotta be Quincy. Chris Brown, no, this play. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, but wait, wow. that's a no, good uh, question from a singing standpoint, because I don't know if Quincy can sing. Yeah, he, no, he gets, no, now, now, did you hear, so you know we did the remake, Quincy yeah. and I remade Night and Day. No, oh, I didn't okay. know yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah we have, that. It, guess what? So, anybody listening, if you want to see the video right now, we made a mini movie. It's secretgardenradio.com forward slash Vegas Strong. So, we have the video. We almost had, I think we're probably over a million views now. But yeah, he remade that, but he did a new version to it. Um, and I was so proud because he called me, Yo, Pops. Yo, come meet me in L.A. I got a surprise for you. So he started, him and his man started working on it. Him and his man started working on it. And so I came in and I said, okay, just leave me alone here. Let me just get this, get get it together. So I, I took all the stems and I just, so I, I added the flip, you know, and I put all the backgrounds on it. And then, and then so, yeah, so we, we had fun. We, it, was, it was an amazing time because this is something that I've told my, my young man. I said, listen, take Pop's catalog and use it as a springboard. Do you. But you utilize this, you know, these songs played in, in, in over 100 countries. People who may not even have English as their first language, but they can recite the most, probably the most uh, enlightening and the most humbling experience for me was coming from a studio apartment in Mount Vernon with me and moms and writing some of these songs on the back of my notepad finding myself in Tokyo, Japan in front of 10,000 Japanese citizens singing every lyric to the song. That's not normal. <laughs> What's normal about that? How does that work? How does that, how does that happen? I was just in my room trying to do new edition steps, <laughs> right, playing right. the record player. And so now all of a sudden I'm in front of 10,000 Japanese citizens singing every word. And then when you were finished, they wouldn't clap. They would look yeah, at you. Look so I was like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but they were being polite. Okay, so I feel silly because as much traveling as I do and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa. Mind-blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. 
And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. So, to promote uh, In Effect Mode, you were part of the Any Heartbreak Tour. Right. And I'm the first platinum artist on Uptown Records. Yes. Yeah. You are. Okay. So, you're the first... You're the first prize horse out the out the stable with a million units sold. Um, how was such three heavyweights on the tour? And I guess we saw so a new addition. Al, who else? I'll be sure. And Bobby Brown. Oh, that's right. Okay, Bob. Yeah. How with all of you as heavyweights? And I know there there was a, a at least from the 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 BET story. There have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen it yet? Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't seen the Bobby John. Okay, you yeah. saw I'm talking about, new, I'm talking about okay. new edition. That moment in the back yeah, stage. because because they mentioned it again. I think in the Bobby one, but wow. that's coming up as well. So. so how what was that touring experience like for you in general? Well, the the Any Heartbreak tour, um, something that Al Heyman put together because he was doing our right. tour right. and the Michael Jackson tour as well. So I think we were probably like two of the highest grossing tours of that genre in that in that particular time period mm-hmm. um for me um i was that guy so it was a great idea to put me on that tour did i know i was that guy i had no idea because i'm just the biggest bobby brown fan on planet earth and new edition so i grew up wanting to be the sixth member of new edition you know I, you know so so but there was that mount vernon Mount Vernon-ish, whatever was going on in me that said, all right, I'm in here, so let's do it. You know, let's let's do it. So was I intimidated? A part of me was intimidated because I'm like, man, this is Bobby Brown in New Edition. And then I had to say, and I'm Al B. Sure. Because I had to keep saying it to myself again and again because I didn't believe it. <laughs> so, so, so literally, so I had to psych myself up because I'm, I'm seeing, imagine, I'm, like, again, I'm coming from the studio apartment, singing in a mirror, trying to rehearse, doing whatever. And Madison Square Garden, four nights in a row, 25,000 people. I'm scared to death, to be honest with you. I, but, but I'm in autopilot because this is what I've always wanted to do. So... My philosophy now is when I talk to these young people, I said, look, if you want to get hit by the train, you got to be on the train tracks. And if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. 
So that's all I did was rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. Now, mind you, I wasn't Luther Vandross or even Johnny Gill or, you know, I was or Stevie Wonder. So I was more of a stylist in terms of, you know, song structure and melody because everything is something Quincy said to me many years ago that it always stuck. And then when I when I'm creating um, melody is something that doesn't have a science or a technique to it. It comes straight from God's mouth to your ears. And so it's a, it's, it, there's a philosophy behind it. That's not, um, can you repeat that again? That was, <laughs> that's rather a notable uh, quote. Melody is something that doesn't have a science or a technique to it. It comes straight from, from God to your ears and through your lips. And, um, you know, and I've always remembered that. So that's why everything, if you listen to any of the songs I've ever done, I've never focused on a commercial hit per se, but I've focused on trying to make a four minute movie. The peaks and valleys, the excitement, the sadness, the happiness. I tried to encompass every emotion, even like when I was working on Jodeci. Jodeci, what I would do is I made them sing. That's why if you listen to the first album, I recorded and engineered that whole first album along with the guys and along with Mick Gazowski and maybe two of the other, other engineers, but handcrafted that entire, you know, that was, that was my, and Quest, you would understand this in producing a project, like besides maybe in effect mode, um, you know, along with the help of Teddy Riley and, and just, and, you know, Eddie and, and just the conglomerate of our little clique, um, that was my thriller. So every, every producer has that, you know, album. right, right. Yeah. So, you know, people don't realize, yeah, you know, I wrote for my lady. Nobody. And, no, I know. Uh, right. <laughs> so for my lady, and, and, you know, part, part of come and talk to me, stay all that. If you listen to stay, stay is just a slow version of night and day. So, um, <laughs> Oh shit. Ow. Yeah. So, so what happened was, what happened was, uh, how that came about. Um, I was on tour on the any heartbreak tour where obviously when, you know, People don't realize also Charlie Mack, big shout out to Charlie. Charlie Mack was actually the founder of Boys and Men. Michael got him on tour and, um, you know, it, it was that type of thing. But I was so busy being Albie Shaw on tour that I ran into them, I think, either in the Carolinas or Virginia. They came and they came. And at that point, my security guards were Big West and Suge, Suge Knight. So they, they were my security guys. And you got wait, a book. Wait, I wait, wait. That's uh, that, that, that just came out of nowhere. Hang on. What? <laughs> 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 Hang on. So, so, yeah, so we went Shook around. Suge Marion Knight Shook, was Shook, under yes, your voice. That's, that's little brother. He Basically, uh, he he... he you know, we went around the world together, um, and and so they came and they sent, they sang for me. Um, I think it was some hotel, maybe it was I think it was Virginia because we had already gone through Charlotte at that point in Greensboro, or whatever. And so I sent them to go to New York. So they got in their little white car and no money, you know, just got got you know Andre yo these cats da 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 da. Then I went on BET and told Donnie, and which I'll, I'll send you that clip as well so y'all have it. But we went on, and I, I started telling him, I said, Joe is in. He was like, who? I said, Joe, is, I said, what's a combination of the fellas' names? Joe, Joe, Devante, Casey, and Dalvin. You know, and he's like, Joe, does he? Like, you know. So I remember that. And I, so when people forget, I think this, it's called, there's a disease called selective amnesia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, those people forget. You know, to sometimes, no, 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 not, I'm not saying necessarily the group per se, right. but just, you know, the the point is that now I'm I'm enjoying the aspect of, of reveal. 
at this point in my life at 50 years old where, you know, I'm so interested in now finally telling because I know where all the bodies are buried. It, we, it was me, myself, you know, Andre, Eddie F., Teddy, like, you know, that core group, you know, and I don't want to leave anyone out um, because it was so, everybody, Dave Hall, you know, so significant, um, the producers and so on and so forth. And it was like a, a, a boutique version of Motown. Yeah. Can you? Uh, Neville Hodge. And yeah. yeah. Ho- oh, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Neville, yeah, Neville yeah. Hodge. We, you know, that, he, that's him on somebody for me. He was incredible. In fact, Neville Hodge, myself and this girl named Lisa Lewis were in a singing group before the whole Heavy D thing. This was back in like <laughs> ninth grade and 10th grade. So he was the keyboard player and I was a songwriter and singer and oh. Lisa was a singer as well. Can you can you talk a little bit too about like Christopher Williams? Because I just remember it was a time when y'all seemed to be have a, a certain relationship, and since it was the whole uptown thing, and I remember seeing y'all together and the ruckus that happened when that would happen as well. Yeah, um, Christopher. In fact, we just finished filming his unsung. Oh wow! Okay. And there's a reveal on the show about um, because everybody that's hey, you are separate people. It's not Latoya, Michael, and right, right. Um, yeah, just two light skin curly hair. Cats. Y'all, like, y'all like real opposite too, because uh, you know, Chris is like you know he always said that you were like you said you were into your art. He was like I would have his tea, he'd be ready. He was like I would just go smoke a blunt, be ready. To go. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, but but again, that's only because that cat can sing a parking ticket. Like to this yeah. day, I don't care what he does, he could, he'll he can he's just one of those really gifted singers with that big old Luther Vandross, Teddy Pendergrass, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. type of voice. Um and I had to work a little harder. But but the but the point was is that the biggest mistake and I think I talk about this in Unsung, the biggest mistake that they made with Christopher, because he was so talented, his team is 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 ancillary team i guess i don't even want to say on the uptown side of it instead of them trying to chase and knock down albie shore which was already um you know was a big bulldozer like you're not going to stop that you're not going to stop that machine just because he is considered a bigger singer or you know better vocalist and so on and so forth you're not going to stop the machine because it's the whole package so focus and stay on his lane and what, what they were trying to do was trying to like the even the, the album covers they're duplicating my you know yeah, private times yeah. like and it's like for him I, like and, and and it was like okay how do we how do we bulldoze over i'll be sure instead of you know let's just like i i'm maybe it's just the old school in me if i see somebody that may be competition i'm gonna approach you and i'm gonna say how can we get some money together I'm not going to try. Yeah, come on. Two heads are better than one. Let's, you know. So, and and I was a Christopher fan, and that's my man, 50 grand. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he's from the co op. You know, I'm from Mount Vernon. You know, we we rock together. You know, we, and, but we did, we did have a a major discrepancy at one point because I took the heat for something that, that was real, real major right after I won the American Music Award for Best New Artist. And I took the heat for something. And, you know, being a cat from the street, you know, you don't tell. You just you just roll with it and you just deal with it. So finally, I think we he and I talked about it and and uh, but they asked me about it on the that was song. the reveal on. <laughs> so, okay. so, 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 okay. so, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, um, I, I, I want to push it along a little bit. I, this is a question I always wanted to know. Oh well, actually, no. You already set in motion that your your palette was wide open for different types of genres i always wanted to know was it benny medina's idea 
for you to do Hotel California. No, it was actually that was yours. Yeah, that was my idea. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because you already revealed that you were you listening, listening to the, the pop shit. Yeah. yeah, so I, I was riding my bike around the neighborhood, and and this kid next door. So I had this little. It was like the little rascals. So my little neighborhood. It was you know I was, I was the black kid. I had these two twins named Darmish and Nimish. They were the Indian kids. Then this kid named Anthony was the Italian kid. Then Brendan Feely was the Irish kid. And we used to all ride our bikes together. So it was like a little melting pot. But, in Mount Vernon? No, and this was actually in Jersey when, okay. we, when I was okay. younger, younger. And, he, you know, we would stick the radio on the window and we would play, just play those songs. And then he used to scare us. This kid used to scare us about the Hotel California song. He says, you know, this is about drugs and uh, haunted house. <laughs> yeah, it was a spooky song. Right, right. Kid. So it was right. a spooky song as kids. But but I always remember the song. And then um, it was just one of the songs I remember. So I just wanted to remake it. In fact, no, the reason I remade the, it was no. I remember. I think it was "Killing Me Softly." The reason I redid the "Killing Me Softly" song was because I was trying to do "Natural High," and I didn't understand the lyrics. "Natural High" by Bloodstone. Bloodstone. By Bloodstone, and I didn't understand the lyrics, so we just scrapped it and said, "Let's do "Killing Me Softly." That was just one day, just yeah, just wow. random. And so, I, yeah, in effect mode. That was just that was you and Kyle. That's just you and Kyle together. Yeah, it's so, me and Kyle, but but myself is a, a collaborative effort of myself, Kyle, and Teddy Riley as well, and, and Eddie so F. How come he wasn't listed as producer? I know that he was listed as like he mixed one record or something. Like that. Yeah, he mixed and he played like instruments. Right, but. he played some right because he didn't necessarily write. Because what we did was it was more Teddy under Teddy's tutelage, and and I, I was worked with him so much to the point where they sounded like. Teddy Riley records so like where but even from a marketing standpoint like Andre wasn't like yo his name well it was 87 so he wasn't right. totally proven yet right he wasn't at all and what happened was it was also more of a Teddy and Gene Griffin oh, I'll be mind. sure Andre Harrell <laughs> forget it yeah. <laughs> right yeah so, so but but again but Teddy was just Teddy was everything like just to be around him and his creativity and and, and just being under the tutelage, I mean, I'll be forever grateful because it's just something about that cat's rhythm that is just unlike any other. Um, and just learning that style and um, that lends itself to so much. Um, so, like I said, I was always, and, and this is what I was saying before. So, Teddy was the creative New Jack Swing, phrase coined by Barry Michael Cooper, the great Barry Michael Cooper, and we did a derivative of it. So Eddie F did his version of it, kind of like with the Donnell Jones stuff, which is actually, that's actually Kyle West also. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Say what, say what? Say yeah, it was That's Kyle West, up. yeah. Ah, okay. That's why I sound like Stevie Wonder. Because <laughs> Kyle's basically Stevie Wonder. So, okay, so Kyle, what he played? Yeah, Kyle, he, he, plays, he, plays, keys. he plays keys, he plays keys, but okay. just brilliantly, like his coloring and his, his, his progression it's just there's something else it's like he's extraterrestrial did you guys have anything to do or were you around for the making of the intro album the first with uh with kenny green that's eddie f yeah it was okay right but again you see the signature yeah. it's that all that 808 kit that rolling 808 stuff and the d50 and the d70 you know it's a, it's that kind of and that juno 106 that all analog e tx81z with the bouncing bass and um, but just <laughs> wait a minute. None of that was on a DX7 at all. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what was your weapon of choice as far as keyboards for it, like D50, um, nylon atmosphere, future pad, you know, all that. And and what's crazy is, as much as we called it R&B, 
it was more ambient R&B than anything else because I loved voices. Oh, right. Which, oh, this, oh, this love is so. Quincy coined the, the, the progression from oh, this love is so, the French blues. So that's all that progression is, is called the French blues. Now, mind you, the, the, the genre now, and this is something that I'm about to launch at albishore.net, which is going to be um, the... The, uh, the derivative of what New Jack Swing represented, because Teddy, like I said, is the king of New Jack Swing and the inventor. Eddie had his version of it, and then Kyle and I had another version of it, which now we coin New Jack Sexy. Okay. So it's New Jack Swing, which is Teddy, Kyle and I are New Jack Sexy, and Eddie is like kind of a, you know, like his version, but Eddie had a real slick, you know, production as well. It's like, it, it just, it was a great launching pad in terms of bringing the streets to Wall Street. How long did it take y'all to record uh, in effect mode? Mm, I want to say maybe three months, okay. three months or so. Um, and it only sped up because after sitting around Teddy for so long, Teddy would do records in 12 minutes. Right. Teddy would do a record, bridge, <laughs> chorus, and, then, and he'd say, okay, go ahead, get the pen and, and write. And then, you know, Timmy Gatlin. And yeah. so, yeah, so. Absolutely. Do you? I was gonna ask. Do you ever think that there will be? I mean, I'm not gonna ask the obvious concert question, but it is the time of reuniting. Do you think there ever be a project, a documentary, a something that will bring these people back together from like the whole New Jack Swing mo movement? I think probably the the most important, outside of you know, selfishly me wanting to do the Albie Shaw story, right. um, because that encompasses so much more than just um, Albie Shaw. Um, because I've been involved with so many, you know, like yourself, like Quest, like just been involved with working with so many different artists from different genres. Um, but the, the probably the most important story, and I like, I like the the introduction of what inside the label was for on BET because it kind of gave you a little taste of you know Rockefeller, Uptown, you know, so so deaf, you know, just a little bit of everybody. But the most important modern day story, I believe, is the Uptown story. Really? Yeah, and and, and 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 I don't know if you saw just recently in the press because you know, like I said, I try to stay out the, out of the mix. You know, as it relates to controversy stuff because that's that that and a dollar fifty get you downtown on the train. You know? <laughs> but 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 like you know, when I would hear you know the fellows would talk to me about them doing the Jodeci story, and so apparently that's been going on for the last three or four years, and I don't know if the fellows are agreeing. You know, I'm not sure what the politics are about it, but. I did make a statement and say, because it's interesting how some deal has been made for them to make this story, and no one has contacted Albie no. Shore about the story. Now, mind you, and that's just my new version of me, because normally, <laughs> because, because normally I just hey, tell the story. I said, it's cool. No, I'm glad you're speaking up. So what was the role? So with you being so involved in Favor My Lady, what was Devante's? Oh, no, Devante's brilliant. Let me tell you, that cat, he's, he's the... Second coming to Teddy Riley, for lack of better terms, but meaning for Devante was an extremely talented musician that plays several instruments. He's another one with that rhythm that you can't teach. It's, it's, it's all part of his DNA and his spirit, and he's incredible. Um, and at that point, all of my demo singers, let's, let's go back to how the Jodeci thing started. So we are on tour. One thing led to another. They get to Uptown. They, as soon as they get to the office, they get signed. Bob Celestin and Andre and Jimmy Love and that whole uptown office. Um, boom. 
they do they go to do the album they work on stuff they start singing with different different songs and doing stuff Right. But Casey and Jojo were my demo singers. So the reason why Usher and why why Tevin Campbell, all that stuff sounded so crazy because my demo singers, now get this, this everybody's either live in my house or they were my demo singers at work. So I had in one house Casey, Jojo, Dave Hollister, Faith Evans. What? Wait, what? Ooh, did they ever just get together and just Mo- Mo- <laughs> Monifa? Ooh, oh, uh, wow. wow. Case. Wow. Wait, what? Um, how, how Anthony, Anthony Hamilton. What? Oh, I had a, I had a comp. I gotta put some respect on this. Hang on. And what's really nice, in fact, big shout out, I mean, a congratulations to my little sister, so, and Faith and Stevie J. So um, they they met at my house because everybody, everybody, and Kimora, Kimora Lee Simmons, like, every, like, oh, did I say that? <laughs> no, 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 not in a disrespectful way. No, I know. She was just, she was another one who was going to figure it out. Like she was that, you know, she was friends, you know, she dated, you know, a family member, so on and so forth. But she was around in the mix all the time. But she was, you could just tell, she, she just, gonna be she's going to be something special. Like she's creative and all those things. Obviously, she's gorgeous, beautiful lady, the whole thing. Great she, businesswoman. And, and right. So she, you know, she turned it into something. So I'm really, really, oh, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and, and I'm very proud of to see uh, where, she, you know, where she's taking it. Uh, but yeah, so. All Every, those singers, everyone, and and more, and you know, like I said, Stevie. J, so so I built a, I built a, an ADAT studio up there with all those Mackie boards and stuff, and I've had it up. So we used to do. So it was like Camp Shore. Camp, yeah, <laughs> it was short, 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 short time recordings. That's what okay. it was. Okay. So so and then, so it was so much fun. So you had Martin Lawrence, you had Chris Rock, because I gave Chris his first job. Chris used to open up for me on tour. So. Uh, yeah, I forgot to ask. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, we got to ask because Chris mentioned. All right, so Chris has this hilarious story about the first time that Bobby gave you a copy of Don't Be Cruel, the album. (laughs) And he says, like, it just froze you. Like, (laughs) well, let me give, well, actually, you know who tells the story best is Tony Rock. He's, ah, so Tony, Tony told me the story just recently again because he, he was in Vegas just recently. And so he says, he says, man, he says, I remember the first time he says, you were in the studio and my brother was with you and, you know, he didn't have a car. So you drove him to Brooklyn and your white M3, you, you just got the white M3. So you drove him all the way to Brooklyn. You drove him home and he came inside and it was my mother, you know, they were sitting around or whatever. He says, he says, yo, I'll be sure just drop me off outside. And Tony's like, get the fuck. He's like, you lying, you lying. So he came outside. He said, oh, shit, I'll be sure sitting outside in the car. With a car full of girls. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hear Tony tell us. It's the funniest thing no, in the world. Just, can... It is so funny. And uh, and uh, and then, but Chris, there was something so special about Christopher. Chris was like, so he would open up. We, we were doing a small, you know, the hotel tour. You know, he start off, you're doing a hotel tour, and a little, little ballroom <laughs> and stuff yeah, like that. Right. And Chris, uh, you know, Chris would come in there and just, he just had this whole quirky, like funny, like, this humor, like it was just something organic from him that I just was going to tell you this cat is brilliant. He was like, you know, so you know, he, we just loved him, and uh, and it was just amazing just to watch this, the culmination of just his his entire career just go through the roof. I mean, just the massive global, you know, you know, before the Kevin Hart's and before all, you know, the, that 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 sort of uh, you know vehicle with without the social media aspect of it behind it. You know, he was just he was just a brilliant cat. 
And what's really nice is that I got so much love for Chris because, number one, remember his first movie? Well, no, no. The first movie was the Strictly Business, right? Was, I think he did. No, but I'm going to get you No, no, I'm going to no, get you something. I'm going to get you something. The one real. Strictly oh, Business oh, was. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's who the song Natalie's about. Yeah, yeah, because the yeah. movie was originally in called. In fact, I still have the Go tattoo, Natalie. Hallie's tattoo on my arm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, wow, I come to watch you so, take a yo, bath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. That's part one of our episode with Albi Shua. Uh, just stay tuned for part two coming up next time. QLS Classic, Albi Shua, crazier stories. We promise. See y'all. Course Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So, check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.